after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this podcast. It's called After These Messages. And this is the show where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones. We talk about the bad ones. And we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Remember me? I'm the kid that had a report to on space. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We're your hosts. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. So today you came up with the idea for the show. You produced the show. And you're hosting the show. What are we doing today? Today we're talking about um, Neighbors. And all the tensions that apparently simmer beneath the surface between uh, neighbors in America, um, because there's a, it's a real trope in advertising of people comparing, keeping up with the Joneses, basically. I was going through your entire list of commercials that you compiled for this, and I was getting so angry at all of the <laughs> passive aggression, yeah. and mostly passive, sometimes just aggression, but mostly it's, it's mostly veiled. Envy and resentment. And contempt. And contempt. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, also, looking ahead to the ad council, I got to say, I had a little bit of a mystery about, I'm going to say there was three seconds of a commercial that I, uh, I I couldn't figure out last week. So I asked the ad council if they could help out. And guess what? They came through. In moments. Yeah. Instantly. In moments. Before I even posted the show. I don't <laughs> know how they do that. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. First, though, let's start with Neighbors. You know my next door neighbor About to make me lose my mind You know my next door neighbor About to make me lose my mind They can't knock on my door Unless they want to borrow something all the time They want to borrow the broom They want to borrow the mop They want to know the time So they borrow the clock This reminds me of a commercial coming up in a little bit We're not going to start with it Where there is a neighbor who's sick Of loaning something to his neighbor And so he has a very clever solution. I actually like that one. Yeah, that one kind of breaks the pattern of these. Um, I'll tell you, I was. It's such a trope, and I know that most of our listeners will have will have seen examples of the kind of ad I'm talking about. It's it's like often a car commercial or some other thing that uh, people in suburbia or people with driveways have grills, large appliances, and they're comparing their thing to the neighbor's thing and somebody whoever's got the product that's being advertised comes off as like the cooler smarter better chooser of products Mm -hmm. but i was looking i thought like wow this is such a trope there's so many of these like maybe somebody's written something about like the just the frequency of this trope or something about how whether it's been successful and so i did a google news search on like neighbors and basically all i found was stories about neighbors killing their neighbors in real life in real life yeah those are the only news stories that came up so it that'd made, be an interesting commercial though. <laughs> it made there is actually there's one in here that's a it's a parody but uh it does end in in murder i yeah well again we'll get to that but watching that parody was like catharsis yeah. for me actually so where should we start let's start with geico this is actually one that i think is almost making fun of the genre but it's kind of the one that made me think we should we should try doing a show about this this is part of Geico's campaign in which two people are comparing their auto insurance experience and whoever got Geico keeps 
the, when the camera cuts to that person, they get more and more of whatever they're doing. So if you're, there's the bodybuilder one where he gets more and more jacked. It's so weird. It's, it's like, weird. Let me just talk about that one for a second. It's like two guys, and they're both about similar size, I guess, and both working out in the gym. And as they're talking about Geico, and the one guy's talking about all the stuff he's getting from Geico, every time we cut to him, we see he, he's getting more and more jacked, like comically jacked. So at the end, he's like a big almost balloon animal man. Um, you no. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I just don't get I don't get these commercials. I don't get that one. And I don't get this one. We're about to play. I don't think there's a lot to get. It's just it's just sort of a visual indication or, or visual depiction of you get more when you get Geico. OK, so should we play this one? We have a couple of neighbors right there across the street from each other. And they're both decorating their house for Christmas for with Christmas the, lights. Right. Let's say the holidays. Let's be inclusive. <laughs> we could be like the McElroy's and call it candle nights. <laughs> hey! Yeah, I switched to Geico and got more. More savings on car insurance. They helped with homeowners, too. Now, every time we cut back to the guy who got Geico, we're seeing his house. At first, it just has lights all around it. But now we're cutting back and it magically has uh, lawn decorations like light up deers and a sleigh. And we keep cutting back to the other guy, the guy who doesn't have Geico. And his house is staying the same. Okay. Plus, motorcycle, boat, and RV insurance. Now his house is just completely over the top. It's just a wash in lights and very tacky yeah, and like very gris- ugly. It's like, well, I don't know if it's supposed to be ugly. What? Look at this. I mean, of course, it's of course it's excessive. It's like Griswold level of lights. But I don't think they've gone out of their way to make it a tacky form of decorations. If, do you see what I'm saying? Like, the tree, there's a giant lighted tree with mounds of pre- it's just sort of it's not tacky to me it's just um excessive but in combination all of it becomes well tacky. sure if you saw that in your neighborhood you would be sort of horrified it would be a nuisance neighbor probably yeah but it's not but that's you're my saying- favorite christmas story every year by the way is like you know local news stories about neighbors who like get in fist fights over <laughs> right, their christmas lights right boat and rv insurance geico's got you covered like a blanket now it's playing music and things are flashing. Houston, you seeing this? Geico. <laughs> you know, great I've never noticed the, the, the button on that. I don't know if they yeah. always show that on the on when it shows on TV, but the very last scene is an astronaut floating in space above planet Earth and seeing the lights from this guy's neighbor's this neighbor's house. Now the reason why I wanted to, I had to sort of pin down whether or not what this guy is doing with his house is tacky because at the end when everything is flashing and the music is playing I mean it is just a wash in lights this would definitely be in the news and not a news story because anybody would find this appealing this would be bad it would only be bad and that's one thing I don't get about these commercials is we are supposed to we are supposed to um side with the Geico guy, right? Yet it's the Geico guy who's being obnoxious and has the awful home, whereas when we cut over to the guy who doesn't have Geico, his house looks like really nice and neat. Yeah, that's why I don't think it pays to overthink these style of Geico ads because it's simply an analogy of with Geico, you get more. It's not, there's not a a robust narrative to these. Yeah, but it, it, it speaks to a, um, just an issue that I have with all kinds of commercials these days. I think we you have, on a, you have to associate with the protagonist. 
Yeah, I, I think that your product, the voice of your product, the character representing your product should not be the off-putting voice. It should not be the character you don't want to be as the viewer. Yeah, I, I generally agree with that. I don't love these ads or think it's a particularly interesting part of their very multifaceted campaign. Um, but they just sort of wash over me. But they, But it did stand out that even Geico, the you know, one of the most creative and uh, prolific ad makers out there will do like a neighbor. I don't have to say, if the, I don't know if there's a neighbor versus neighbor. Cause it's not, this is probably the least hostile neighbor interaction we're going to look at today, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it is sort of like neighbor compared to neighbor. What do you think is one of the more hostile ones? What should we do next? Well, let's do, uh, I don't know if it's if it's ratio or ratio, but this is called, this is for ratio sprinkler systems. This one is, clearly taking aim at, um, I would say specifically Californians, but um, generally anyone who doesn't like, who, who sort of anti-lawn. Like if you if you live in a place that's drought, drought uh, affected by drought or, or a desert, you'll get a lot of kind of activism around the idea that you shouldn't have like a green grass lawn. You should have uh, a space around your house that has desert-friendly flora. Well, we are in... Uh la and their the drought was full swing they passed a law in the city or the county i'm pretty sure the city saying you cannot water your lawn yeah you would be fine you would be fined, and uh and there were and there were companies that were there to like you know you, i think you could even get money from the state or the city to replace your grass and your non-drought friendly plants with drought friendly plants and i think they had a tip line so you could narc on your neighbors nice that so I mean, that's very much what we're seeing here so and i i watched these so in this one um you have i guess first of all one thing this is like the whitest commercial i've ever seen in my yeah. life there's something about all three characters and this whole setting that is just like incredibly white um but you have this uh i guess you know kind of youngish couple uh, Guy and his wife in their 30s, probably. And I don't know if they're just coming home from somewhere. Or they're, they're out in their front yard. And they're being approached by their neighbor, a guy yeah. probably around the same age, right? Right, but who clearly signal They, they have uh, put a lot of markers and signalers on him that he is uh, not cool. He's wearing cargo shorts. And he, I think he has maybe like Tevas on or something. So he's sort of like this um, slightly, not he's not hippie-ish. He has a short, he has short hair, but... He is, they depict him as being like trying to present himself as earth friendly. Sure. Cause look, he's also, he's clearly coming back from the grocery store and what's he carrying? A cloth grocery bag. A cloth grocery bag. Hey neighbors. What's going on? Hey, we're just setting up our new ratio. Let's make control my sprinklers with my phone like this. You know, it's probably not a good idea to be watering these days. Actually, ratio is saving us a ton of actually. water. You know what actually saves a ton of water? skipping showers that's my cue and then the wife is just like i'm out of here i can't handle this asshole. right there's too many men saying actually on my front yard right so she says there's my cue she turns around she heads back inside ratio is customized to my yard so it only waters when it's needed wow feel like showering regularly again no rebates may okay. be available go to ratio.com there's also a mm. one and a half minute version of that that just really ratchets up the tension. It ratios up the tension. It ratios up the tension because the clearly the guy who is saying like it's not a good idea to water your lawn and you should save water is a proxy for all of, you know, for for activists and for people who, you know, for that whole point of view, right? For that whole and, and they're annoying according to this. Commercial. Right. And and they so he's presented as stupid and wrong and 
completely out of step with what this amazing technology does for water saving. Even though he is the person who is more right, like no matter how little water you're using, it still takes more water to water green grass than it does drought plants. To use the parlance of last year. <laughs> In the parlance of our times. I can't even with this commercial. <laughs> I know, right? Because first of all, the tension between both of them just makes you hate everybody. These Most of these neighbor commercials are yes. just like, you kind of No hate one looks great. Right. Um, but in this particular case, clearly the guy who is the nosy neighbor, the guy we're not supposed to like, he is in the right. And this commercial is filled with false equivalencies. Yeah. Um, and also, the point is, you don't need to water your fucking lawn at all. At like, all. I don't care that you have the special yes. technology that if allows only, you to just water it when it quote unquote needs it. If the only point, cargo shorts could have come up with that argument. Right. The point is, it, assuming this is probably aimed at people in Southern California, uh, probably going through a drought condition. I mean, that's what the commercial sets up. They say you shouldn't be doing it in this day and age. And the other smug asshole says, well, it only it has a technology. It only does it when it needs it. No, the point is, you don't need a green lawn because yeah. you live in a place that can't sustain that right you should guess, have a desert lawn here's a here's another fun fact for you smart guy it's gonna need it all the time because there's no rain in southern california right it's just it, so that irritates me and then at the end he says feel like skipping showers now like what is it what kind of a retort is that you jerk face <laughs> i i hate that commercial yeah, well, i had never seen it, really, it before really, I no it. i had never seen it either it can't it was when I was looking today for ads that kind of fit this mold, this came to my attention. Do you mind if I play one that kind of puts me in a, in a, in a better mood? Sure. This is just I don't one wanna, that I happen I don't to wanna, find. I don't want either of us to have a rage stroke. That is the most rageful <laughs> I think I'm going to be um, the whole show. Like that, that commercial really gets me. Um, this one is also regional. This is actually from uh, South Carolina. It's, I, I think they call themselves Scana or Scana, S-C-A-N-A. And it's basically natural gas utilities for uh, South Carolina. And I think this is part of a campaign they have with this bear family. But this is the only one I've seen. And I really like it. I don't want to give away... You you know nothing about this commercial, right? No. I, I don't want to give away the joke. Not that it's like... Listen, it's not going to send you over the moon, but I, I found it charming. So we um, start by uh, seeing kind of a aerial view of a nice cozy living room and we see a bear lying on the ground and it's evocative of like a bear rug if you looked if you glanced at it quickly it would appear to not be a live bear but a bearskin rug but it turns out um so that's just a quick little joke off the bat this bear is going to kind of roll over and start talking to the camera and it's going to start moving around the house we meet the rest of the bear family and it's this kind of um cgi bear family you know it's like a it's like a B minus on the CGI commercial scale, I would say. And uh, they don't have like, you know, JJ Abrams money or anything. <laughs> right. They're talking about, or he's talking about the benefits of natural gas. Oh, life's never been better since we moved from the woods to the suburbs. Choosing Scana for our natural gas means no more hibernating. Now we stay warm all winter and we save every month. We even got $100 for signing up. Now he's uh, standing on his front porch now, uh, drinking his cup of tea that he just poured tons of honey into, because bears love honey, um, and he sees that his neighbors are coming home. for signing up. Oh, look, it's our new neighbors. Hey, guys. And he's waving at them. Don't move. 
So the neighbors are a couple of humans, and clearly when he's talking in English, to them it just sounds like a bear growl. So they see their neighbor as this bear standing on his porch, waving his arms at them and growling, a very large bear. So they scream and run towards their house. Which is the right reaction. (laughs) Absolutely. A bear can accelerate to 35 miles per hour in like three seconds. Going for a run. Get a hundred dollars when you sign up with Scam. I know I'm probably I am probably overreacting to the humor in this ad in the same way I overreacted to the last ad, but maybe that's what happens when you butt them up against each other. There's just something about like you're you're just thinking this is this is not a commercial worth talking about. It's just sure. a spokesbear in his home, like being like, you know, like uh, a family man but then at the end just to, for a utility company to be like oh yeah no this bear looks like he's growling and yeah. threatening the humans no it's a good joke it's and it's unexpected yeah so anyway thank you for letting me pull up the nose on the negativity train with that one uh, do you want to go back into the depths yeah well this is actually not a not su- super bad the t- tone is everything with these as i've discovered like you can have the same basic story which is neighbor a is better than neighbor B because neighbor A bought product, whatever. But the way that the neighbors interact with each other and whether they show each other kindness and affection, even as one neighbor is envious of the other, makes all the difference in whether I hate these people or not. And I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of... I I wonder if advertisers are thinking enough about that. One that I didn't include, because we've talked about it several times, is the ad for, I believe it's a Buick, where... Uh, the Garcias come home and then the the other, the other couple spy on them from their kitchen window and, and sort of snipe about them. And I and she says something like, good for her. Good for her. And she's admiring, I guess, the Mr. husband Mr. as well as his bank account as well as the car. Right. And it's just gross and it feels like just really unpleasant. Um, this one is for a product called um, uh, Napoleon Grills. And it's, uh, you know, again, it's like the kind of thing that you would compare yours to your neighbor. Um, it's it's a, it's not a lot of talking, but what you're going to hear is a guy standing outside a very nice house with a pool at night grilling on this very nice grill. Napoleon makes some of the most coveted grills. Maybe it's the restaurant quality sear from the 1800 degree sizzle zone. The heavenly aroma of the wood chip smoker tray. I want this grill so bad. It's by a pretty I don't good even ad like for a gas grill. grills, I know. but like, this is great. <laughs> so he pulls out this small little smoker tray, which is great. You see it's got a built-in cooler. He pulls a beer out of the yeah. built-in cooler. He's grilling at night. So you far mentioned you, that, Yeah, right? so far you're like, well, this is great, but why are you grilling at night, bro? Yeah. For all the other engineering details that make a Napoleon a Napoleon, what's really important is that you make one your own. Hey, hey. Suddenly, all the lights go on in the house, which is a really nice hey. mid-century modern house, by the way. Uh, and he's confronted by the person coming out of the house. Your own. Hey, hey, Pete. Yeah. You've got your own grill. You know, at your house. Good point. Napoleon grills. <laughs> One day, you'll So he was just doing some night grilling on the uh, neighbor's grill. Yeah, night grilling. I love that R.A.M. song. It takes a quiet night. Mm-hmm. I like that commercial because I like the um, I like the grill. First of all, yeah. I understand coveting a grill like that. That's the ty- that's exactly the type of grill that I would never own because I like s- smaller charcoal stuff. But if I was at my friend's house, I would totally be envious of that grill and be talking about it for a while. So I can really relate to the neighbor. Yeah. Um, and how do you? So you, tonally, you like the neighbor who comes out and confronts him, right? Yeah, because I think his tone is the right level of. 
like, okay, that's enough now, without right. being like too smarmy about it. Because the first time I watched this, I thought, you know, if if I had a really nice girl like that and my neighbor was using it, and just assuming that he left it in clean shape, which is a huge assumption, would I really confront him about it? And yeah, even if the, the neighbors were using my grill. In the middle of the in night. In the middle of the night and totally leaving it clean for me. I, you know that I would be complaining to you about it. Like, the goal to not ask. Yeah, it's one thing if it's like you share a backyard, but right. these, this guy is very rich, and, it, and he's not sharing his backyard or his pool or his right. grill with anybody. You would assume that the neighbor is also rich. Well, probably by some standard. He can afford his own if he lives in that neighborhood. I really like that commercial, and I like that grill, and Christmas is coming up, so keep that in mind, yeah. Genevieve. <laughs> right. What else do you have on the list? Um, why don't we go to uh, Lowe's? This is for, um, a, I believe, a, a Samsung washing machine. And another, oh, this is another product that when they show it, I'm very I'm covetous of. Well, most of these I've found tend to be men. Men com- sort of competing over, you, there's a lot, we'll get into the cars in a minute because that's a whole sort of sub-genre of this. Um, so there's a lot of these commercials feature men comparing products. These are so this one was sort of notable for being a, the same format and formula but with two women who are neighbors. Um, which means it must have to do with house chores. Which of course means it has to do with house chores. Because America is yes, wonderful. Because everything's great. Um, so the two women are standing in front of their houses while the oh, the the person who has bought the Samsung washing machine from Lowe's uh, is seeing it unloaded from the truck in her, in her front yard and her friend or neighbor starts uh, sort of challenging her on how how good is this washing machine really. Hey, is that a new washing machine? Yeah, it's a Samsung with active wash. It's got a built-in sink to pre-treat and help get stains out. How about these stains? No, we, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Oh, um, so we, now we cut to a bunch of different people uh, kind of around their, around the house. One is a little boy saying, what about these stains? He's talking about grass stains on his shirt. Um, then we'll see people sitting at a, a pie eating contest and saying, what about these stains from these berry pies? And then a guy saying, what about chili? Yep. What about this? Sure. What about chili? No problem. Oh yeah? How about this? <laughs> so then the woman who didn't buy the washing machine takes from the woman who did a full cup of iced coffee and dumps it on herself, like down her like light-colored blouse in just a fit of pique, basically, and then suddenly realizes what she's done. Sorry. The Samsung washing machine featuring active washing. That one confuses me a little bit. I will say they really get me at the end because this built-in sink where you can scrub out (laughs) stains on top and have the water drain into the basin of the washing machine, then throw your clothes into it is... Astounding. Yeah. No, I mean, that alone seems is like cool. a great washing machine. I'm a little confused by the joke at the end. Like you say, the, the jealous woman, for lack of a better word, grabs the full iced coffee, dumps on herself. We need to come up with like a nomenclature for them, like dumb neighbor, smart neighbor, bad, right. good neighbor, bad neighbor. Right. Well. But sometimes the bad neighbor to me is the neighbor who's the jerk about how right. great their thing is. I think envious neighbor in okay. this case. Is envious neighbor. Fair. So, but and then she realizes what she d- did. It's kind of funny the look on her face as she realizes what a dumb move that was, and she hands the empty cup back to the woman she grabbed it from. But I, I don't know. Here's what I think. If I go along with it. Here's what I think is wrong with this commercial, and here's why I think it's it is the way it is. <laughs> the better joke there, by far, a way funnier take on that commercial is if she says, "What about this?" 
takes the woman's coffee cup and dumps it on the na- dumps it oh, on yeah. her friend, her but neighbor. That would be nasty. But that would be so nasty. You're right. I bet you a million bucks that was the original Suburban white joke. women. Yeah. I think that they decided, I think they looked at it and focus grouped it or whatever. And someone said, you know what? This feels too mean. Can she do something else? And so they switched it because it doesn't really make a lot of sense for her to dump it on herself. It's it's sort of like it's it's a funny visual, and her consternation and confusion at what she's just done are are okay, but it would be way funnier and make a lot more sense if she went, oh yeah, what about this? That's such a good point. I'll bet you that was the original joke because that makes sense, right? And they realize, oh, that's but that's you can't not have suburban tone. white women throwing coffee on each other. I mean, I mean, next thing you know, it'll be anarchy. For that, in that case, no matter what race or gender, I just think it's too nasty. Yeah. I think it just generally speaking, like, oh, wow, this person is that mad. Like, I, I think, think that, there's a there's a kind of product and a kind of campaign that can do that. Like that can, Mountain Dew or Taco sure. Bell. Mountain Dew or Taco Bell. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think there's a way to do it or a kind of campaign or a tone that you can, you can adopt that is that combative. But this type of product and scenario isn't it you know how we were talking before i'd love to know if i'm right by the way you know how we were talking before about um the kind of the preachy neighbor mm-hmm. um the know-it-all neighbor we kind of saw that with the lawn Ratchio, sprinkler yeah. one i found one that wasn't on your list i have not seen this on tv but i stumbled on it today and it's clearly a new commercial because it is featuring none other than the kid from Stranger Sweet Things. TV, Mr. Oh. Peterson. Thanks. Pretty psyched. Actually, let me set this up a little bit. I hit it too fast. So it's the kid with the lisp from Stranger Things. I don't know his name nor his character's name. And he's walking down the street pushing a bicycle and he sees uh, his adult neighbors taking a brand new giant TV still in the box out of their car. His character name, by the way, is Dustin. And his oh, right. actor name is, uh, I don't know if it's Gaten, Gaten Matarazzo. Okay, here it is. Sweet 4K TV, Mr. Peterson. Thanks. I'm pretty psyched. Did you get Fios too? No. Was I supposed to get Fios? Mr. Peterson, Fios is a 100% fiber optic network. It's like it was invented to make TVs amazing. Mrs. Diaz, you have Fios, right? No. Can your Wi-Fi handle a ton of kids all snapping and uploading at the same time? It better. Guys, it's not the 80s. Fios is a fiber optic <laughs> network that can move insane well, amounts not. of data at ridiculous speed. What's that mean? It means it's scientifically awesome. If you can't tell, all the neighbors are getting in on this now. He's ta- He's started by talking to two different neighbors. Now a third neighbor has joined in. She's talking to him from her kitchen window. For everything, your TVs, your computers, your nanny cams, gaming consoles. I want that. Right? It means you can have like 20 kids using your Wi-Fi at once. I do not want that. Think about it. If you got an awesome new car, you'd put the best gas in it, right? So I hook up your awesome technology to anything other than a fiber optic network. I gotta go. Peterson? Peterson's wife? (laughs) Count on you guys. Right? Your internet deserves the 100% He's pretty funny with his body language. What do you think of that, though? I mean, if it was cast differently, we would kind of, we would hate this neighbor, right? But because it's a a kid and there's little nods to his character in Stranger Things. Yeah, I mean, um, Matarazzo is an appealing actor and... Of course, it's knowing it's a knowing wink to his most famous role. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. There's actually I almost put a couple of Fios ads in this, and then it was just a little bit far from the central theme. But they they really have built a campaign around the idea of neighbor 
neighbors. Fios has specifically. Yeah, huh? there's one that I didn't I didn't add it, but um, a, a cable guy, like a cable installer guy, opens his apartment door out into the hallway, sees the Fios installer guy walking through, and he says, "Oh, what are you doing?" He says, "I'm I'm putting Fios in for the whole building," and the cable guy goes, "Well, I'm going to stick with cable, and so is Bill," and gestures it to his apartment meaning like his neighbor Bill who's watching TV with him. Mm-hmm. And you hear Bill but don't see Bill say like, no, I'm not. And then they, and the cable guy goes, he's kidding. Bill's a joker. And then you hear Bill go, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> Bill, you betrayed me. <laughs> so uh, I see. So they have a whole neighbor thing going on. Yeah. Now, I don't want to rush things, but I feel like we really need to get in the cars because isn't the cars where this really starts well, to degrade? The car is where, the car is the fundamental kind of, prototype of this this trope um and it's been around for a very long time um the earliest one i could find and this was a very famous one and one of the sort of iconic uh vw or volkswagen beetle ads from when the beetle was new it's from 196 i might have said this from 1967 and it's called keeping up with the kremplers or sorry the, I think it's the Kremplers or the Krempers or something. I think it's the Krempers, I think. Well, according to something I'm looking at now, it's called the Krempers. It may be a, a typo. Um, and we see two... It's one it's, single shot right. of 1960s suburban America, two very similar houses next to each other, two driveways, um, two you know single-family homes, just kind of classic 1960s Americana. And... As you hear the voiceover talk about what one neighbor just bought, you see him pull into his driveway in his 1960s car and park. Which is it there. pretty sweet looking. I know honestly. it honestly really, looks cooler than a than a bug. I but. know, and I love bugs, yeah. but it's uh, it is a cool looking car. But anyway, I, I, we'll stop it as we need to explain. Mr. Jones and Mr. Crampler were neighbors. They each had three thousand dollars. With his money. Mr. Jones bought himself a $3,000 car. That's the car coming in, pulling into the driveway. What do you think that is? It's hard to say. I mean, it's a it's sort of like a, a low, f- low wide sedan. Um, it's sweet looking. Though. Yeah, it's hard. It, they clearly don't want you to know exactly what it is. Okay, so he bought the $3,000 car with his $3,000. With his money, Mr. Krempler bought himself a new refrigerator, a new range, A new washer. We're seeing all these appliances being wheeled into the house. A record player. Two new television sets. And a brand new Volkswagen. Now Mr. Jones is faced with that age-old problem. Keeping up with the Kremplers. Very simple. And of course, the express, I don't think I have to explain this, but the expression is keeping up with the Joneses. But here they are, a German car company saying Mr. Jones has to keep up with the Kremplers, which is a more Germanic sounding name, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but it's a Volkswagen, right? Uh, In case anyone is curious, um, and given my new obsession with with real dollars, um, <laughs> that three thousand dollars would be about twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars now. Oh, okay. I'm interested to know. Uh, I'll bet you, and I should have looked this up before the show. That ad has the feel to me 
of an ad that was probably created by somebody we've heard of. Some or maybe somebody yeah. we haven't heard of, but somebody who's known in the industry as like a kind of a giant of early marketing. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. I tried to do a little research on it. It was hard to that you could find you can find it in a lot of like lists of iconic ads and like incredibly successful ads, but I couldn't, uh, I just didn't have time to look for a ton of information. About kind of it. like the listicle kind of thing that doesn't mm-hmm. give you a heck of a lot of, uh, let's see here. But yeah, I bet it'll, it would turn out to be like whoever Don Draper was based on. <laughs> right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Can I actually try to read to you on the fly here, this article from ad age? Oh, and sure. if it's horrible, I will uh, just cut this out. But this is, uh, an article from April of 2013, Forget the Joneses, This is the Family to Follow. VW's classic spot highlights the Krempler's good fortune. Oh, there's literally no information. Yeah, that's it what is... I kept running into. <laughs> thought... It was, the agent was um, DDB. Okay. Which, let's see here. So there's an agency called DDB. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> let's see here. <laughs> Um, Worldwide Marketing Communications Network. Obviously, it's still around. It's owned by Omnicom Group. Mm. <laughs> I'm Pit Pat. <laughs> Two people got that. One of them is named Bob. The other one is named Dave. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to take a look at the um, history here. Bill Birnbach and Ned Doyle worked together at Gray Advertising, etc., etc., etc. Well, we did some great work here today, Viv. Good glad job. We're, glad we're able to answer everybody's questions. Researchers for chumps. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that kind of sets the stage for the competitive neighbor syndrome when it comes to cars. But one thing that I notice about that one is the two neighbors are not confronting each other. The narrator is doing the yeah. heavy lifting, so it doesn't have quite as much of a negative feeling that i feel like some of today's neighbor ads have yeah now it's really like neighbor neighbor gets in neighbor's grill about potentially his grill (laughs) right or uh, the the grill of his car so gmc sierras this is a one that's running right now this might even inspire today's show it was this one and the geico one that made me think oh this is a trope we should talk about it so what happens in this one um good uh lucky neighbor smart neighbor walks up to dumb neighbor and says oh look what you got there and what he got was one of those big inflatable light up snowmen for his yard for the holidays oh mike hey it's quite the snowman you got there yeah it was quite the sale i saved big you saved huge and mine lights up too so instead of getting a uh snowman intelligent neighbor role model neighbor Mm -hmm. better neighbor better neighbor the neighbor you should be sure didn't Alpha spend, neighbor. Didn't spend his money on a giant uh, snowman, but instead a GMC truck. And when he says, mine lights up too, he remote starts it and the lights flash. This one honestly fills me with more rage than maybe even than the lawn one because it's the, it is such a dick move. Um, put yourself in this, if you were really in this scenario and you're the person who just went and spent 50 bucks at Home Depot on a light up snowman for your for your yard. And your neighbor comes over to, you know, theoretically compliment you on it. And then when it's really just an excuse for him to tell you that he spent $40,000 on a brand new truck. Right. They're not equivalent. It's not like it's not like you can compare the snowman to the truck and one is a better version of the other one. It's just a chance to say, I got a lot of money to throw around and I'm not buying spending it on snowmen. And he's got a whiff of that smugness oh, he's that so I was smug, talking about yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Also, like, 
Although I got to say, the neighbor, let's call him dumb neighbor, let's call him poor neighbor, let's call him snowman neighbor. Snowman neighbor. Um, why does he say, what about you? What is the what is the lo- internal logic of this conversation? There, it's, there is none. It's just as to the writers set up see it. alpha neighbor to like dunk on this guy. Yeah, let's let's just take a listen to this again. This conversation makes zero sense just from a writing level. Oh, Mike. Hey. It's quite the snowman you got there. Yeah, it was quite the sale. I say big. You? Say you? Like what kind of a handoff is that? It's, it's not, not like they're at a store together right. and they're both like comparing their purchases. They're just two guys on their street. Yeah. You? You? That's crappy writing. Well, it is. It's just to set up this guy again to like score on his dumb neighbor who bought a, a tacky snowman. And I also feel like there's a hint of classism to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe this guy has kids and he wants to... He got the snowman for the kids. Uh, what is... Oh, Let's do a palate cleanser because this oh, is not like angry making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the... Uh, Mostly I would note because you never see the actual interaction between the neighbors. Yeah. So this is the Toyota Tundra commercial, right? Yeah. And we see a bunch of guys. It's just like one of those kind of generic truck sets here. There's a bunch of... There's a bunch of like 30 to 40 year old white guys outside of a fake lumber yard looking at the Toyota Tundra with their uh, khaki pants and flannel shirts, cross armed, kind of kicking the tires, taking a look at this guy. And uh, (laughs) I imagining what they would do with this truck. What would you do with this truck now that uh, Toyota has created one with more power? What will you do now that the Toyota Tundra has more power? I'm going to buy another snowmobile. I'm going to rip out some stumps. My apologies. There's an African-American in this. I said it was a bunch of white guys. Hmm. Now, one of these guys, he's not answering the question directly. He just goes into a um, kind of a daydream sequence. Yes, a reverie. Where we see him in the truck backing the truck up a driveway. Right, Veeves? Mm -hmm. And attaching chains from the truck to the garage door. And then he starts driving forward and he pulls, he uses this new powerful truck to pull the garage door completely off its frames. And the thing you should know about this guy is his name's Dale Waltrip and he's apparently, he wasn't immediately um, recognizable to me, but he's like a, he's not, he's something of a known commodity. Um, he's a motorsports analyst. Uh, oh, really? Like a, he's like, tell, he's motorsports broadcaster. Oh, I like that. That's kind of funnier then. Huh. And you're thinking right now, why are you destroying your house? Right. You just use this truck to just pull, not just the door, I mean, the whole garage almost collapses. He gets out of the truck, goes into the garage, still smoking, pulls out a toolbox. I'm going to get my tools back from my neighbor. With an enhanced 280 I thought that was a pretty funny joke. Yeah. And then he drives away with pulling his neighbor's garage door down the street, yeah. not unlike the jerk. And see, that's what I mean about you can have a fun, you can have a joke where it's neighbor versus neighbor and it gets kind of ugly, where you know, you can have the version of like throwing the coffee on the neighbor. Mm-hmm. But you have to handle it tonally right. And I think in this way, the way they did it here was like, you never have the neighbor come out and go like, what the hell? Right, you know? right. What if his neighbor was a bear? And also, it's a, and also it's a fantasy, not a, you know, it's presented as fantasy. Right, right. Uh, I don't remember this one. Pacifica? Chrysler? This is, um, this is kind of exactly the commercial that uh, 
this this is this is right in the right in the heart of this kind of trope. It's just it's not even very good. It's oh, just, is this internal monologue guy? It's internal monologue oh. guy, but it's just two it's two neighbors comparing their car purchases, and one is dumb and one is smart. Actually, I don't think uh, I could be wrong. I'm always wrong, but I don't know if they're comparing car purchases. I think the one guy has a new car and right. he's telling his neighbor all about it, and his neighbor is saying things like, "Oh, that's great, that's great." But internally, we're hearing his internal monologue, and he's saying very snarky things. Yeah, about but I, is it? It's because he didn't get that deal or whatever. Oh, right? okay. I don't. I didn't think that his car ever came into the I play. Remember. I can't remember either. Let's take a listen. Hey, Gary. Hey, Phil. Nice ride. Oh, thanks. What an egomaniac. Hands free. It's got this Uconnect theater with Blu-ray player, built-in games and apps. Impressive. Nauseating. No wonder it won that J.D. Power Quality Award, right? No wonder. Why don't you go bowling with J.D. Power? Are you doing... I do kind of like that. God, I scoured these looking for shit like this is. <laughs> and that is the perfect Well, one. sometimes we hear it in the show and we use it next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keep an ear out for that. No wonder. Why don't you go bowling with J.D. Power? Are you doing that inner monologue thing again? No. Yes. I'm growing a higher hedge. And you do see his car in the background. Yeah, that is so it's, it's a similar car. It's like a minivan. Yeah, so it's like the imp- comparison is implied. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's the implication. Um, I just had a thought about this. Uh, I can't remember what. It, oh, I know. It makes me wonder. And I don't mean this as a criticism, a critique, or a compliment. I just mean it as a fact. It really does make me wonder the backstory of how the neighbor knows this guy does an internal monologue thing. I want to know that story. God, yeah. I I would watch that TV show. If they said, like, click here to learn more about how this story came to be, I would click. Like, were there times where he was saying the quiet part loud on accident? (laughs) And they said, what are you doing? And he said, well, sorry, I got this internal monologue. And sometimes it squeaks out. I want to see them get, like, like they got, they're having beers on the porch. They got drunk one night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And he just admits it to me. He's like, like, I do this thing. thing you don't know about me and but... he talks about doing it to other people right. and so they joke around about it i love but it but now this is the first time he's oh. turned it on his neighbor he's like are you doing that thing to me that you do to like the pta i want to see the gary and phil chronicles <laughs> um any more oh oh well there's this is the parody of that right um yes yeah, so this is this is this is tells you that this is such a trope that comedians it has come to comedians attention it's Andy Richter. And I when I first watched this, it wasn't immediately clear to me from whatever link I clicked on that it was a parody. And I was like, oh, God, please let this be real. Please let this be real. <laughs> it pretty quickly becomes clear that it's not real. Andy Richter is um, sort of messing around with his new Toyota. And the, other, and the comedian James Adomian is messing around with his new Honda. And they're having one of these back and forth across the driveway conversations about their cars. And this is from something called The Midnight Show. Had you heard of The Midnight Show before? Uh, No, I don't think so. I'm just doing a quick Google here. So it's an L.A.-based sketch comedy group um, that performs at UCB and stuff like that. So they made this video. Well, well, well. A new car in this economy? Well, this is the 2009 Hyundai Elantra. It actually gets 24 miles to the gallon, so it's pretty smart. Hmm. Not as smart as my new 2009 Toyota Prius. It gets 36 miles to the gallon, so that's very economical (laughs) in these times. Well, the Hyundai comes with driver's side airbags standard, so it's safe, too. (laughs) I have six standard airbags. That's safer. Mine's got the upgraded stereo with an MP3 input, so it's fun, too. Cute. Well, mine comes with an MP3 CD player, surround sound, and... 
By the way, Andy Richter is becoming more and more visibly angry. And sort of disheveled looking yeah. and kind of sweaty. And James Adomian's just dialing the smug up yeah. one notch at a time. I like Andy Richter's eyes are getting narrower oh, and narrower. Both these comedians are just <laughs> fantastic. And it's set up for XM Satellite Radio. That's real fun. <laughs> well, this Hyundai only sent me back about 19.5 with 0.9% APR. Now that is a good bargain. That's the best part. Thanks to Toyota's cash back offer, I got mine for only fourteen five. That's five thousand less than yours. Andy Richter starts kind of like looking <laughs> He's around, sort of looking getting real, real uncomfortable, real sketchy. He reaches yeah. into his car. Plus, with Toyota's no worry warranty, I have peace of mind, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> he pulls out the gun, he just shoots him. The guy is on the ground, and Andy Richter. They're on a suburban street. <laughs> Andy Richter stands over him and puts a couple more bullets into his neighbor. Then you start shooting the car. He wipes the prince <laughs> off the gun and then throws it into the. Uh, then into his then you see car. the words "can't keep up with the Joneses" and then the Nissan logo, and it says "stay out of it," <laughs> which that's I a, love that it's ultimately a Nissan ad. Uh, that's a good time. Can we? For now there's one more that I have to talk about and it barely fits into this category. You just want to talk about but it. I love this ad so much and I, I see it all the time and it makes me laugh so hard. Um, this is another State Farm commercial uh, featuring Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews who have been doing you know their campaign for years now, I think. And we've talked about a number of their ads on this show because they just almost without fail are are pretty good. This is takes place in a hotel. They're clearly on a road game. Um, and they they start by checking in at the hotel, and she tells uh, Aaron Rodgers that he will be staying next to in, in a room next to Clay Matthews. You're actually right next door to your friend. Correction, best friend. Let's that's, go. That's Clay Matthews yeah. saying best friend. Are you taking all your tiny shampoos? So they have a do- they either either have a door connecting their suites, I think, or he or Clay Matthews is just like. Uh, going next door to uh, kind of bug Aaron Rodgers. First, he shows up in a robe holding all the tiny shampoos. Are you taking all your tiny shampoos? Clay Matthews is next door just watching an action movie on full blast. While Aaron Rodgers is trying to sleep. You look rough, bro. He was just singing really loudly in the bathroom, and now it's the next morning. And I think he, by the way, gets the lyrics to that song slightly wrong, which I hope was intentional. Wait, what does he say here? Because I didn't. Wh- I think he says, "I'm like a bird; I only fly away." I think that's the lyrics here. Because I thought that's the word was, "I want to fly away." Oh, let's take a listen. So he's singing to himself in the bathroom really loudly while Aaron Rodgers is trying to sleep in the morning. Look rough, bro. And then he sees him downstairs oh, no. in the you lobby. You know what? I apologize, Clay Matthews. You got it right. I always thought it was, I want to fly away. The only reason I know that is because now uh, Aaron Rodgers is about to end this trip. He's about to come home and collapse into his own bed after a, uh, after a sleepless night. And we're going to hear this song again. State Farm knows it's more than a house. It's home. So why not give it the protection it deserves? Play something relaxing. So when he talks to his uh, Google Home or whatever it is, that's the song that's playing. Did you say who did that song? I, I think know. it's Nelly Furtado. Oh, that would make sense. Anyway, that was a tough one. To, I didn't realize how tough that was going to be to describe to those who haven't seen it until we got into it. Uh, I do like that there are other ones like 
in that same setting, right? But different cuts of it where there's yeah, different there's smaller, jokes. There, I think there's shorter versions and ones with different jokes. Yeah. There's one where Clay Matthews is just like, Oh, it's Morse code, dude. Tapping on Aaron Rodgers' door like that, and Aaron Rodgers opens the door and he says, "It's Morse code. It means clay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the those are really great, and uh, like they both do a good job, just consistently of playing their parts so 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 convincingly, but also in such a jokey way that you know, obviously, their friendship is what it, what sustains this campaign. But Clay Matthews, man, is really really you know bucking for best football man actor trophy and most angry making i know it made you so mad this week (sighs) his dad was a brown well i don't know what he's his dad was one of the most he should have sat out the game (laughs) like when a judge can't what is it when a justice has to recuse themselves yeah that's not he should have recused himself from the browns game Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear what they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I realize this first one is actually one that I wanted to bring up. I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but I need to uh, hack into the uh, the video we were using last week. Can you explain? Can you do the setup for this while I try to hack into this thing? Yeah, last week we talked to Benjamin Harrison, and he. Uh, brought a tape of a digitized tape from his youth about uh, of commercials from the early 90s or I guess like the mid 90s and one of those ads was for a local radio station called KOIT and we were kind of joking about all the songs that were um, being featured in that like light rock station um, you know sort of compilation of songs but there's a song at the very end that just they just use a little bit of music from um, and you, we couldn't identify it, but we knew it was a recognizable tune. We asked the listeners to write in and tell us which one it was. Yes, and almost immediately, the answer came from Kirsten. I'm going to... Uh, and several other folks sent it in, too. Thank you. I, I think I'm missing a few, but I know Ian called in about it. Thank you to everyone who uh, who let us know. So I'm going to start this commercial from the beginning, only because I love every single one of these songs. I, does it start with a Culture Club one or an Elton John? Celine. Oh, Celine. 96.5 K-O-I-T Comfortable Relaxing Music that makes you feel good 96.5 K-O-I-T Light rock Less talk just that that little bit at the end, the little guitar part, and it was driving me crazy because I knew I or I felt like I liked that song and I couldn't quite place it. It just had this general '80s vibe. And thank you to Kirsten who posted on our Facebook page and pointed out this is the song we were hearing. And yeah, we're gonna play the whole thing. Good. Oh, there he is, Mr. Phil Collins. Man, why have I never done this for karaoke? I don't know. This is actually a Genesis song off of Invisible Touch. Phil is a little hard to sing. He has a pretty good range, which I do not. Here we go. Nope, not yet. (laughs) That's what it's like to listen to uh, the radio in the car with me. 
Man, he does a great build up to a oh chorus, doesn't he? I got two ears and a heart, don't I? <laughs> I'm weak in the knees here. I, know. Uh, I heard from some other folks too. Like one person um, said, "Oh, I was so off. I thought it was Steve Winwood," and and they posted this. I don't think this is far off at all. Oh yeah, no, it's not. This was Aaron. Aaron posted, "Oh man, I was way off. This is not, you were not way, way off." off. <laughs> It's like one of those radio contests where they make you identify a song based on two seconds. Yes. And then one other person, because I think I got into this on TBTL somehow. Um, oh my gosh, it's so similar. Isn't it? Who came first? The other person might, the second person might have a lawsuit on their hand. Funny thing is, I might just have some sort of Linwood bias because I don't like this song. This song takes me to the bad place for some reason. Maybe no, no. I hated this song when I was a kid. And I, I can't get into it now. And you know, well, I'm is like it is it traffic. is it like Phil's sort of like post irony redemption narrative? That's I like don't think so at work here. I don't think so. I think it's just like because I loved Genesis as a kid and I had Invisible Touch. Sure. And for some reason, I hated this song as a kid, and it just sticks with me. Maybe I'll They're come around. They're basically the it. same song, though. But the one that I uh, I this journey took me on. I think I was playing this on TBTL, and so somebody on that Facebook page said, "Oh, that reminds me of this song," <laughs> which you know I'm which kind you, of obsessed with. Which you've basically with this. been obsessed with for the last week. I used to play this at this dive bar. In uh, in L.A. called Frankenhang. Yeah. It was this just tiny, dirty little dive bar that was run by... Great bar. It was two Korean women, Sisters, I think. yeah. Yeah, sisters. They ran it for years and years and years and years. Then some young hipsters bought it. Every generation Blames the one before this is Mike and the Mechanics, as if I need to tell you that. Wow, the video is super literal. It's just a man in a bad sweater looking at his dead dad. While looking at a picture of his dead dad. And then he's in the... Um, now, to me... He's visiting him and, in the cemetery. Yeah, it's like super literal. And to my mind, all I need is a miracle is the better Mike and the Mechanics song. Oh. Yeah. All I need is a miracle. I, I like right. that song, but I don't think it's better than that one. I would play it, but I think we're I think probably we stretching the... Very far. Yeah, okay. Here. So anyway, that's why I don't usually get to do the ad council. <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> yes, I guess now we know why. Uh, I wanted to bring up something that um, listener Jackie posted to our Facebook page because I just thought it was a great, um, sort of apropos of nothing, uh, just a great ad and one that I hadn't seen before. This is for 7up. I will say 7up is doing a campaign right now that's like other ways to use 7up. And so there's like a there's a bunch of little videos on their YouTube page of like Sir Mix-a-Lot, get it, uh, mixing 
seven up into cake recipes and things like that, which we did a whole show about like use as misdirected, like ways that products yeah. try to get to expand their use cases for their product and also seven up was doing something that was just a little like kind of they're kind of getting into the weird and because yes. remember there is is it the one is it little yachty or yes. are they just on a yacht or no, both they're on a yacht with little yachty or is it and the couple is i think like, it is little yachty yeah and the couple gets like magic there and then right whatever so they're they're doing these sort of like more in that mountain dew kind of weird magic-y space this is um Three very elderly women um, are being are sort of talking to the the unseen voiceover about Seven Up. Of course, Seven Up is delicious alone. But ladies, did you know you can make lots of stuff with Seven Up? Mm-hmm. I did. Try adding it to lemon cake for an extra kick on Pinnacle Night. What else can you do with Seven Up? Well, you could mix Seven Up with whiskey and drink it at this underground fight club. So they're magically whisked to some sort of underground fight club. But they're still, of course, dressed in their sweater sets and holding their. You know, now they're holding a bottle of whiskey and a 7-Up. Esther? You know Esther? We thought you were dead. We went to your funeral. Well, turns out I'm alive. <laughs> so suddenly they recognize somebody there named Esther. She, uh, there, so there's another, there, this is a room full of like dudes, kind of jacked up dudes getting, like having a fight club. Um, and then they, the camera pans to their friend Esther, who is also jacked and ready to fight, but she's also an elderly lady, but she's got like sweatshirt rolled up at the sleeves and like denim shorts on. And she just takes it in stride. Like, yeah, I faked my own death so I could be in a fight club. Brown fight club. Esther? You know Esther? We thought you were dead. We went to your funeral. Well... Turns out I'm alive. <laughs> In summary, she <laughs> delivers that well, so perfectly. So perfectly. Esther kills it. Now, there were some differing opinions about this on the Facebook page. I oh, want to yeah? state, for the record and unequivocally, I'm a fan 100%. I like the whole thing top to bottom. And I'm going to make this cake. It looks good. Yeah, it actually does look good. And a couple of things. I'm not always a fan of the narr- the joke of, like, now the narrator's talking. Mm-hmm. Actually, That's harkening. a very Phil Hartman-y voice, too, which yeah. I, you know, I love. And that harkens back to that encyclopedia commercial, too, that I, I just played a clip of at the very top of the show, uh, where that kid in the 90s is talking to the voice. Yeah. Um, I, it doesn't always work for me, but in this case, it really works because they keep it minimal. You know Esther? <laughs> like, it just, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, they don't try to over-explain. They trust the viewer to catch up with the story, and I think it's really well executed. Well, I Thank you, love Jackie. that commercial. That is definitely a chi for me. Out of curiosity, what did the OP, is it OP, original poster? What did Jackie think of it? Did she like it or dislike it? I think she was net positive. She thought it was not perfect, but but liked it. Okay. Um, this is from listener Edward. Um, I believe our friend Edward. I wondered about that. Um, and growing, uh, he writes in, this is in response to your own podcast. Edward. (laughs) Um, growing, he writes in about last week's show with Ben, Mm -hmm. um, and the, and the taped VHS, uh, commercials. And he says, growing up, one of my family's most cherished VHS tapes, didn't we all have those? Mm -hmm. Um, was a taped copy of the 1989's SNL 15th anniversary special. I watched that thing dozens of times, but like all things taped off of TV, it was annoying to have to fast forward through the commercials. Well, a couple of years ago, when I raided my parents' VHS collection, I found that tape and watched it again and was mesmerized by the commercials. Because it was a primetime special, the entire broadcast had a presenting sponsor, which was Geo. Um, so every commercial break featured a variation on the same general Geo ad, so all part of that campaign. And he, he wasn't able to digitize uh, that tape for us, but he did send me two 
uh, the same type of like or one of the commercials from that same campaign. Okay, so this is a Geo Chevy commercial. Now, yeah. now this has is this all about a wedding or are they just showing various people Dude, in various stages of their lives? I wish I could tell you. Okay. It is complex. I do like the voiceover makes it very clear that it is a they're introducing a new generation of car yeah, so the, that the, is going to compete with the giants of yesteryear. Exactly. So the the voiceover is funny. I, w- I will post, I know I forgot to do it last week, but I will post uh, the commercials this week. Um, and you've got to check this out. All it is is a bunch of like young hip people. And I mean, heavy air quotes on the hip people. Um, basically like just being in love with their geos and like dancing by their geos and leaning against their geos. And At one point we see a bride driving her geo, driving but her, their geos. her dress is like trapped in the door and hanging outside the car, which is a bad look for And Mike. I mean, no offense, but these cars could not look worse. I know, they look they so cheap. They did not cheap. stand up to time well. I know, let's take a listen. This is from 1989. Getting to know you. So you're seeing a million shots of geos with people, their people, like... Meet the 1990 Geo. Like like in the 70s, you got to know a small car company called Toyota. In the 80s, Honda. Today, the 90s begin, and we invite you to get to <laughs> We gotta discuss this one image. Today. Can this be the, the, I like the uh, language, today, the 90s begin. <laughs> So you're seeing like somebody just got done with a jog and now she's leaning up against her car kind right. of seductively, also just tired from her workout, but kind of sexy lady leaning up against her car. We see somebody, again, a bride driving her car uh, in her full wedding dress. We're seeing uh, people kind of flirting through the windows of their geo. But then this <laughs> this shot, and I, I don't know, it doesn't really fit the neighbor theme, so I guess we can't use this for the uh, image for the show this week, but... <laughs> We see a woman in a beach chair mm-hmm. that is pulled up to a pool. There's a, I think, a man in the pool, but dressed in a full scuba gear. Wearing full scuba gear. Scuba gear. But in a without swimming the pool. Tank, yeah. But like wearing a bodysuit. And then the white geo. Pulled right up to the edge of the pool. Almost like a scene from a movie <laughs> where this car thinks it's a person. <laughs> Like, this car is like, oh, are we going swimming today? I want to go swimming. (laughs) It is so great. And we invite you to get to know Geo. At your Chevrolet Geo dealer. Like, what was Geo doing? I mean, I guess they're showing us all different four models, but like, they're just, they decided to just really just kind of throw it all at the wall and see what sticks. They have one kind of Knight Rider esque uh, muscle car, sports car, I guess you That Not is muscle. a very generous interpretation of a very basic two door sedan. It is supposed to be like Michael Knight's car. Look at this thing. Come Andrew, on. That look is, at this here. That is look a, at this here. That looks like a sat that looks like my crappy Saturn. It look well, but it's very shiny and black. I guess it's a gesture at a two door muscle car. And you can see right here that it's got a voice command. And then you've got like the sort of Jeep looking thing that's a little bit higher off the ground, and there's like a a real crappy looking um hatchback and then a four door sedan. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, that is a uh, that is a fun commercial. Yeah, I, 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 Edward, I am envious that you were able to get your hands on. Yeah, thank you for sending that. that. We don't have any kind of VHS technology anymore here. No, in I wouldn't. House. We don't even have a way to play it. We hung on to it for so long, but then I, I think it, we haven't had it in our last two or three apartments actually. Yeah. So even if we found a great VHS tape, I guess we could just buy. I, you can actually buy VHS players. Or VCRs, I guess, is what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I knew that. I was listening to myself talking. I heard something <laughs> wrong. Okay. You can actually buy a VCR for uh, less money today than you could have bought probably Batman on VHS in 1990. I mean, assuming you can find one at your local Goodwill, I, that's, I assume yeah. that's true. Um, all right, let's get to jingles. Oh, you have more jingles. I was all ready to. I thought we were done. No, no. Oh, we, oh, goodness. We're, okay, we're, we're almost sorry. done, but we got we got some jingles to close out here. Boy, it turns out um, Looney Tunes on Nick and Nick Nickelodeon generally uh, was really made a big impression on a lot of our listeners. Um, so this is, as, as you may remember from last two weeks ago, I think. Um, we had somebody sing the jingle that was like the William Tell Overture version of the Looney Tunes are on Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, well, apparently Looney, Nickelodeon uh, really leaned into the idea of uh, using classical music and you know writing silly lyrics for them. Um, so this is one from a listener who remembers this this particular version of the Looney Tunes on Nick. Hey, this is uh, Bet from the greater Buffalo area of Western New York. Um, I was just calling. I was actually going to leave a jingle, but then after I listened to um, a couple episodes ago where a caller um, had sung the Nickelodeon Looney Tunes song, I remembered another one that was ingrained in my brain from when I was a kid in the early 90s watching Nickelodeon all the time. So I'm going to do that one, and maybe I'll save the other one for a later date. So here we go. Psycho for when your mind goes and when you've had enough of doing grown-up stuff. But when you're loony, absolutely toony, absolutely loony, <laughs> loony tunes on Nick, on Nick. All right. Thanks, Susan Andrew. Bye. Nice. That was great. That's great. So you have the original one here? I do. And these are kind of hard to find. You have to kind of go digging because there were a million of them mm. and they didn't all get preserved. And so I will warn you, um, this is very quiet because I think it's like taped... It's just a bad recording of it, okay. so just be you're, as a sound engineer here. Okay. Looney Tunes, you'll find them all on deck. Lots of stuff, enough to make you sick. Psycho, for when your mind goes, for when you've had enough of doing grown-up stuff. So when your moody parents make a goonie, positively loony, don't wait for a full moony. Tune, 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 moody, moody, goony, moody. I think Bet nailed it. Yes, excellent yeah, job. Very good, very good. And that actually brings us to our final one, which is not Looney Tunes on Nick, but it's another Nick uh, sort of interstitial thing. Do you remember a thing called Stick Stickly? I don't think so. It was, I want to say, like a two to three minute little interstitial cartoon um, that Nick would do you know, in between shows and things. And it was a popsicle stick that they did like a little puppet show uh, with. I can picture it, but I don't think I n- know it. Yeah, I think we're a little old for these. Like I remember that Looney Tunes were on Nick, but it wasn't like a part of my after school, you know, TV watching or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was watching Cops, the cartoon. <laughs> right. 
Do you know, do you know about Cops the cartoon? No, I didn't. You think I'm talking about the reality TV show Cops turned into a cartoon? No, what were you talking about? No, no, there was a cartoon called Cops. Sorry, can I just play the theme for you? Sure. They were. It was all about... Um, it's from 1988, and it was all about the drug trade, I think. But they were addicted, and the cops were out trying to stop these bad guys who were selling drugs. Either this was the plot of the whole show or is a plot of one episode, but it wasn't a drug that we know about. It was some sort of futuristic kind of blue crystally drug that uh-huh. people would put in their skin. Let's see if I can call it. Cops, central organization of police specialists fighting crime. In a future Here's the thing, you don't need to create an acronym for cops. People already know what cops mean. It's better this way. Okay, I guess there's no lyrics to this. It's just a bunch just of action. Cops. I don't think so. He said at the beginning that they are, they're going after um, people who are stealing stuff. So I think I was just remembering one specific episode that really stuck with me about these drugs that people would like push into their skin. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I was watching. Great. Well, our listener was another listener was watching Nick uh, Nickelodeon and remembers this stick stickly um, jingle. Hi, this is Abney calling from Richmond, California, and I have a jingle from my childhood when I spent the summers indoors watching Nickelodeon, um, there was a little popsicle stick, and he was sort of the host of all the cartoons, and you could write to him. I never did, but I know the address. It's write to me, stick stickly, P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State, 10108. All right, thanks. Oh, they got lucky with the 10108, I guess. <laughs> well, they, they wrote in a way that rhymes. Uh, that's pretty good. So is this a link here to the um, to the original? Yep. I'm dying to see. This might be one of those things that once I see it, I'll remember. Yeah, I had a vague memory of it when I saw it. It wasn't Again, it wasn't a huge part of my childhood. I'm a little too old. Oh, I see. And this also says Newsflash I would have been eight, I would have been like 17 when Yeah, I would have been out. in college. So I wasn't watching this advanced cartoon yet. I was watching more basic stuff. And now, a New Year's news flash. 1997 is almost here. And once again, Nickelodeon wants to hear your New Year's resolution. So, ride to me, stick, stickly, P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State, 10108. Write Nick97 on the envelope and include your name, age, and your resolution. I love it. So you're going yeah. to quit hogging the cookies or learn to juggle your eyeballs? Then tune into Nickelodeon, because all during January, I'll be reading resolutions on the air. And you just might hear yours. Ha! Happy New Year. Uh, guys, could you make a resolution to keep the lights on? I I don't remember that at all, but I love it. That's yeah. great. Thank you for bringing that to our yeah, attention. That was great. Any. All right. Um, all right. Anything else? That'll do it. Does that mean that we got to get out of here? Yep. We got to face our real lives now. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, get at us, people. We have a Facebook group. You should join it. You're going to like it. These are your people. These are your friends. Go to Facebook.com and look for After These Messages show. You'll find us. That's right. Uh, we're the group um, on we're the After These Messages show group. And you can email us at After These Messages show at Gmail. And you can, of course, call us as so many awesome listeners have been doing at 607 444 Five five nine seven. Not to steal from TBTL, but that is bullshit that people are calling this number to sing jingles, yet we don't have a good jingle for our phone number. 
five five nine seven. Ooh, that's rough. No? I don't think so. All right. Well, whatever. All right, guys. Talk to you next Tuesday. You'll